Hello and welcome to the Crystal Core Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me, I have my co-chair, the man, the man with the man bun, Chris. And also for the first time on the podcast, I'm so happy to introduce you guys to a legend, somebody I've really just been introduced over the last couple months, have become a big fan of this man, D-Nug Life. Welcome to the podcast. We're so glad you're mid-move and you mm-hmm. and you bust out the Pokemon just for us. Just for you. Look at them. Yes. So um, <laughs> today's show, guys, I've got a topic that I'm going to kind of jump on uh, these guys here later. But before we dive into the, like kind of this topic, uh, we're going to get to know D-Nug a little bit better. And I just got to say, D-Nug. All right. Sorry. <laughs> he said that's how I can continue to greet him from here on out. So I'm going to take full advantage of that power. But... Before we dive in, right before in the pre-show, you guys started talking about Zadnor. You started talking about Boja. Dinug, I'm going to give you uh, kind of just like, you know, as long as much time as you need. Who mm-hmm. are you? What got you started getting in content creation? And like, what are your thoughts on the Relic and the Eden Raids? Let's go. Sure. So uh, you can call me D, Dinug, Nug, whichever you prefer. Uh, play a lot of Final Fantasy 14. I'm D Nug Life on all social media. So like Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, all the good stuff. Um... I started playing or started content creation, I guess, like my origin story was literally trying to find friends. I don't know if anyone else is like this, but I feel like when you're in like school or like, I don't know, was it college, university, you're kind of like in an environment where you're constantly surrounded by people. But when you leave that like atmosphere, so I like left that, got a job, moved out like away from home, away from friends and did my like seven to fives. And then I came back and I was like, how do I find friends now? Yeah, uh, and I like to play video games, and everyone always says, right? Oh, just do the things that you love, and like you'll find people around you. And I'm like, if I do that online, is that the same effect? So that's literally how I started streaming. I just pressed go live in the hopes that someone would find my stream, see that I'm doing something, and be like, I like that. And that was literally my my get go, like three and a half years ago, four years ago. Very cool, man. And what about Zadnor? What about the relic and in, uh, in Indian raids? So I. I come from a background of like World of Warcraft, right? So I played WoW exclusively for like 14 years until I want to say the end of 2018-ish. So that was like BFA. I just finished the first raid here and it started to become, I don't know if anyone plays World of Warcraft, but like it was for me at least became a chore. So like I had to like do my world quest, my artifact power grinding and like Azerite power grinding. I didn't have the energy for it anymore. So I switched to Final Fantasy 14, but I still had Raider brain. So I... I skipped. No one judged me. I skipped. <laughs> I went straight to raiding. Um, didn't do any sort of other content because it didn't appeal to me. I didn't realize there was other content outside of raiding because that's all that was like drilled into me from World of Warcraft. Yeah, I see um, that in the comments with it, like M plus and raiding. It's like that is the heartbeat yeah. of the game. Go ahead. That was it. That was literally. It. I would log on, make sure you do your mythic plus for the week, make sure you've done your world quest. You finish the raid here next Wednesday. You log back in, rinse and repeat. Um, and then I started playing Final Fantasy XIV and I had the same kind of motto, right? It was just, get to endgame, admittedly there's even less to do like in terms of preparation here. You cap your times weekly and then that's it, you're on the same wavelength as everyone else. Uh, so I did that and I was just like, okay, and then end of last year, yeah, end of last year, like my community were just like, have you like tried the story? Have you like gone into it? And in the process of like going back from the beginning and learning like from scratch essentially, because I did boost, what happened i found out like there's way more to do in this game so like i unlocked things like house of the dead zodiac weapons it makes me cry i don't know if anyone did zodiac weapon when it was current i did it like four expansions later and it made me cry so i don't know how anyone else did that so like those heaven on high pvp like the gold sources that have been in itself 
and just like all the multitude of leveling jobs just gave me so much to do so like zad and all things like that i didn't even register until very recently so like that's something i stepped into two months ago yeah a month ago one and a half months ago i yeah. started doing that what do you think about it? Like overall with the, like the Zadnor and Boja, uh, because you said you didn't get into Eureka. So this is kind of your really introduction into the system yeah. where we've kind of evolved with it. So I'm curious, like yeah, yeah. what's your takeaway? Well, well, this is it, right? Because especially well, now we're in a very kind of like an interesting kind of moment in time, right? Where loads of World of Warcraft players are coming over. And so like trying to explain to someone from World of Warcraft, what Boja and Eureka is, it's confusing because even I can't wrap my head around it. I'm like, it's like an entire world away from our world. Like it has its own leveling system. It has its own like ranking system. It has its own ways of like progressing through the zones. And so like for me, it's like a content that so I like thrive of PVE. Like I think, I think last uh, podcast Moody was on, right? And I think Chris mm -hmm. was saying how you thrived off of like playing with people. And like that's yeah. content that I love to do. Like I love playing with people. I love PVE. So like having an area where I can go into and still play with people, but like essentially also kind of be on my own. Is like what I loved about that. So yeah, like that you, for example, now, yeah, yeah, yeah you're, you're now. I usually just go in, ask someone for a map timer, and I'm in there for like three, four hours. So like I love it. I would say that the the WoW, if you're having trouble telling people what the WoW equivalent of Eureka mm -hmm. and Zadnor is, um, first of all, Shadowlands, like the Maw and Torghast, um, is kind of like a deep dungeon tied to it. Yeah. There are examples across World of Warcraft. Um, in Wrath of the Lich King, we had uh, PvP raids. And so this idea that you have raids that don't work like normal raids, uh, things like Archivon and all that, were they were weird. Mm -hmm. Right, and so you, that's how you got your black war mammoth, and you did those, and you could only do it when you controlled winter grasp. And so there was there was weird behavior around them, and they functioned differently. Um, but also like Argus and the Maw, and like these zones, we have had isolated zones where like your mounts don't fly. Um, the the island that you you'd go knock out in um, in Legion was a little bit weird. And so like there are there are these ideas. Um, mm -hmm. My understanding is Corthia, because like obviously with everything going on, this has been what's allowed me to step away again, um, because it's really easy to to have a sick taste in your mouth when you log into a Blizzard game right now. And so, but like Corthia, my understanding is where people are like, oh, I hate that it's just standing around waiting for a monster to pop. And it's like, oh, so you do know what Zadnor is? Like, it, it, <laughs> like yeah, you, you know exactly what Zadnor is. Uh, and so it is. You're, you're standing around, you're waiting for a boss to pop. It's not nearly as much so as Eureka was. Um, they've tuned a lot of that back and there's that alternative progression you're talking about going and doing like the 60 raids or whatever. Um, and so it's cool that they've made kind of two paths, uh, but like there are wow equivalents. They're just kind of strewn across. Wow. And so as somebody that played, I do think it's interesting that you made it as far as you did. So I found wow to be a chore and quit for the first time in Pandaria when they lifted the daily cap, in addition to having raids, in addition to having pet battles, in addition to having mm. like, and so like, it, they just added a ton of stuff and then released the caps and said like, you can do it all in one week. And I was like, okay, I will. And then I was like, oh, I'm really tired. Yeah. Uh, and so it's amazing to me that you played that and you were like, yeah, keep going. Never and then you went to Warlords of Draenor and you're like, I love garrisons and only one real content <laughs> you know cycle. And then you're like, oh, Legion, <laughs> legendaries for days. I love that there are terrible drop rates once you've gotten too many bad legendaries. Mm -hmm. uh, and you were still like, no, we are good to go. So, like, World of Warcraft. I think a lot of it is to do with like <laughs> fear, right? So like, I think a lot of people stay in games as long as they do is the fear of being new in a game like that's what okay. kept me in world of warcraft for as long as it did is because i was in the closed beta for final fantasy 14 2.0 when it came out right and so i like logged in and i was like okay having fun but i was in that moment of i didn't know what anything meant sure. like people were talking about like 
get into yeah. Kappa doing poetics and they were just like, oh, and then you trade these poetics in for these items and then you can trade, because let's be honest, the currency system in Final Fantasy XIV is the most convoluted thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> like, he speaks world. the truth. Oh my and, goodness. <laughs> and so people, I was like looking we at We got Kappa currency like, for days. days. They're like red scripts and then you can get these white scripts where you talk to this vendor and then you transfer them to this right. item. I just went, I know what this is. Right. Wow has one it. token vendor and it just has everything, everything. on it. I so got I'm a like, token. What's the guy got? And you exactly. go to one store and 14's like, yeah, but how are you going to have menus within menus? And don't you want to have to like walk back and forth across a room? And if you get it wrong, you just lost a week's worth of progress. Yeah. Like, isn't that better? Uh. <laughs> what was it? And like, that was, especially when you're on your own, right? Is you don't really know who to go to because you don't have your friendship circle there. And so as much as like those things pained me, like everything you listed, like brought back like memories of just like, like fear. The only thing I liked about Mop was like my little farm that I had. I could go to every like two days to get my like, you know, recipe crafting ingredients for like cooking. Yeah, they put Farmville in game. Yeah, yeah they did. <laughs> that was a thing too, wasn't it? it was a whole like fiasco. Um, but yeah, like a lot of that was just fear of starting a new game. Like I listened to people doing like content and they talk about like, oh, like, you know, the whole, was it the expansion release? Something about Raw Barn Extreme and there being like that being a thing. And they're talking about like they're doing the coils when it first mm -hmm. came out. Like I have that FOMO because I stayed in the game as long as I did because I didn't want to be the new person in another game. I think eventually, sure. like, that was the camel that broke the, like, the straw that broke the camel's back when my guild were just like, have you done your, like, uh, world quest to unlock your, you know, the power on your shoulders? And I said, I don't want to be forced into doing content I don't like so right. I can do the content that I want to do. So, like, having been told that I need to do my Azurite power grinding and my Mythic Pluses, which I enjoyed, but being told you have to do it in order to be able to do this, or be competitive like this, which is like, I guess my point of view is I play games and like to like min max and be good, but I don't want to have to do that in a different like avenue. Um, and that's kind of like what I just went, yeah, no, I'm done. So it's yeah. an interesting thing that you bring up, especially as it relates to FOMO, because my, my theory is that FOMO works until it doesn't. And essentially what happens, and I've, I've experienced this, and this is just a personal take, mm -hmm. but I experienced to where yeah that fomo it's like you don't realize it you know okay yeah this is exciting yeah, yeah. oh i want to log in i'm having fun this is a good experience but then all of a sudden at some point and like it's different for everybody there becomes a time where that becomes a stressor and for me like a couple of games that have had that kind of fomo i would say majora's mask is the first one that i actively just did not enjoy playing and so i i found myself with plenty of time you know, this is back, like, this is when I was, like, like in school, Got I got homework, I got sports, I got family, but I got no responsibilities. I literally can spend all weekend just playing <laughs> a video game, and no one's going to care, but, like, I just was like, oh. And so nowadays, like, FOMO actually actively keeps me from trying it, where in 14's case, like, I'm, I'm invested, right? I have a mm -hmm. community here. This is where me and my friends get together and we get together regularly. This is where we get to sit down and talk about like the game and theorycraft and have all this excitement. That in and of itself, I think like if there is FOMO that that creeps in, it is, it is I think better managed, but something like the case of Destiny 2 is a real classic example for me where that's even though I know I could finish the season, if I just yeah. played it like a little bit here and there, here and there, just the fact that I have experienced times where I just, I just can't play right now it's just better for me not to even engage in that system. It's mm -hmm. it's like you get to a point where it works and then all of a sudden there becomes this just, hard yeah. no 
and then that only builds frustration or could build frustration or resentment and my my theory with wow it's very topical to what we're about to talk about um my theory <laughs> oh my god <laughs> okay uh, i do want to say thanks to wg production and keelan for helping support the podcast by hitting that join button over on ginger gaming radio all right that's that's the plug i forgot to get in yes i'm a professional um so the uh but what my theory is is that obviously like dopamine is a huge uh factor and i think that es essentially with how dailies and how all the structure has become is it's rooted in FOMO and it gets you that dopamine, but it trains the brain to need more of it. And ultimately, yeah. even if it's the same stuff that normally would have had that normal, like satisfaction, your, your body wants more. Like you're like, I, this isn't doing it for me. Like I need more caffeine in my individual day. And that's just, that's just my like, you know, non-educated how dopamine works on the human brain yeah, yeah. <laughs> theory. But I was just like, I, from what I've read and, and, and who I've talked to, I was like, I wonder if there's this also aspect out, obviously outside of all the stuff that happened, uh, mm -hmm. you know, over the last month, like that in and of itself, like we could have been having this conversation the same way. Cause people are still leaving wild prior to that happening. But then essentially this happened. It kind of was, you know, the camel that, you know, the straw that, well, the camel that broke the straws back. <laughs> uh, in this case yeah anyway what are your thoughts on that anybody so, so I, I know you're really excited about the upcoming halo game because they're promising to mm -hmm. do a destiny style model but the seasons don't expire so if you buy a season and you're halfway through it and then life gets busy you can come back and finish it at another time it's effectively a dlc of sorts and you're kind of buying these right. reward tracks from guild wars you're buying these these kind of passes at something um in Final Fantasy, we have relics, right? Yeah. Uh, if the so I know with the Garo, you went and took that as an excuse to go do content that you don't normally do that much of, and you did a lot of it. You did yeah. enough PvP to get all three Garo mounts. Um, so that's kind of a hard contrast with kind of what you're describing. But then if the relics were not only um, from that expansion, no longer relevant item level wise, but also were glamours you could only obtain during that expansion. And after the expansion, the relic systems were deleted. Mm -hmm. No more Boja, no more Zadnor. Would you engage in the relic system? Uh, absolutely not. Now you take me no kids and most likely yes, yes, yes. Hard no. Does that make sense? Where it's like, it works until it does not work. So all of a sudden when you start taking away that content, for example, I mean, this is like sticking with the Destiny theme here because this is a very real example. Destiny 2 decided that they were going to remove a ton of content, zones, pieces of content, raids, etc. And I was like, and I had plenty of time. This was a summer. Uh, no one was pregnant at the time. So I was, I had plenty of, plenty of bandwidth. So I went and engaged in those systems. That's rare. It's rare. There was, a, there, it was, a, it was like a two month. Your wife last, your wife last night, uh, last night was expressing uh, frustration with some families at your, your, kids school that had six kids yeah those crazy people those with six, six kids, kids and families. I, like i was crying laughing so hard and I was like, yeah what insane what? people everybody yeah. knows five, five is the line five is the is the, is the line man five, <laughs> ride that line ride that thunder uh anyway thanks Vern, so much for joining the podcast legends i appreciate your support um but so destiny took it out and i decided to jump in and do that content and then they removed it and i was happy that i did it but if they did it again, the answer is straight up, absolutely not. In fact, that's one of the big driving factors of one of the things that I've only done in that game is PvP. So taking that to Final Fantasy XIV, hands down, yes, you'd get me. You'd get me around. Absolutely. 
Oh my gosh, that's going away. They did it with the PvP stuff. Oh my gosh, that's going away. They do it again. And chances are I'm not even going to start it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. What do you think, D? See, for me, it depends. Because if it's something that I have an active interest in, so like you mentioned, you went and farmed PvP mounts despite mm -hmm. having zero interest in PvP previously. Like, that would not bother me in the slightest. Like, I have an obsession with, like, shiny weapons. Yeah. So all of my glamours and stuff revolve around, like, a shiny object. And nine times out of ten, the easiest item is, like, the weapon, right? And so the uh, Zodiac and the Heaven's World weapons look super, super nice. The Shadowbringers one looks debatable. Um, and but, but I like that they have those there. And so if I knew, for example, in Endwalker, they were going to make those relic weapons only available in Endwalker, and then once you moved on, like no one would have access to them anymore. I'm a very proud person, like, I would have loved to be like, yeah, like that would be for me the opposite. For you, you're just like, no, that will demotivate me. For me, you would do the opposite. Like, I would want to get all of those because it means that the person who comes in afterwards, like, it's almost kind of like a like an achievement that I did. Mm -hmm. Like, I managed yeah. to get all of these things while it was current, while it was there. No one can get it anymore. Like, it's uh, like a prestige thing almost. So for me, no. I think it, in certain respects, like, I can appreciate how FOMO can be, like, a turnoff, especially when it's, like, an overwhelming kind of comeback to a game. But for me, FOMO in those instances, when things kind of get vaulted and put away and no one has access to it anymore, it makes me want to do it. It's like the opposite. It, there is there is a drive to that. Like I do yeah. know, because I, I can only speak for my my situation. You take my kids, you put them in college. You have nobody that is physically, you know, like I have. I not have to worry yeah. about your daily survival. Like okay, yeah, like oh, this is going to happen, and this is I have this much time. As long as I've got the time to do that, like yeah. it, it it burns less. But as mm -hmm. just a in this case a, a working parent adult who loves to game, like. I have to look at kind of where my time is best spent. And so <clears throat> like to the, again, to the relics and all that, what did I do last expansion? I didn't engage in Eureka. I leveled my jobs. I went because yeah. I said that carries forward in a better way for me as a gamer. Not, this isn't like everybody has to do this. Like this isn't saying follow the Brian plan, but I had to look at where is my, where's the better investment and leveling the jobs and having the, the crafters and everything all done is more that horizontal progression, more that investment progression. So yes, I could have had a, a, a Eureka weapon. I, I, the regret is I haven't done Baldesian Arsenal. The regret mm -hmm. is, is that that's something that is on my bucket list, but it's also not deleted. And that's the real, that's the real uh, thing that Final Fantasy 14 does real well. So Dina, how does it make you feel? So I, I don't know if you got all the ahead of the curves while you were playing, but that's an mm -hmm. that's a, a ahead of the curve is a rating achievement in World of Warcraft that is for finishing the raid while it's relevant, and then um, the raid sticks around for all of the like armor and the weapons and and the mounts and things. But there is a unique uh, achievement that kind of fades, and that achievement has a reward to it, and so that kind of fades. And so like I don't know if you missed any of those, but how do you feel when there's something? you don't get because you came to Final Fantasy late. So for example, you've missed a ton of seasonal rewards and things like that where because the seasonal rewards, they yep. don't come back like they do in WoW. So you can't mm -hmm. go back um, as opposed to WoW, they'll add like three pets with the Children's Day and then it takes three years to get those pets. They yeah. intend for you to repeat the seasonal event. Mm -hmm. So like in, Final, in World of Warcraft, sorry, like that was, like I mentioned, all I did was raid. And so our standard as a guild was we have to get out of the curve. So in Final Fantasy XIV equivalent, it would probably be when Echo comes out, you would no longer be able to get that achievement. So similarly right. to World of Warcraft, like once the uh, the bosses get nerfed or like, you know, we get that 10% buff, 
no one can get that achievement anymore. And there's like a title and like a, I think some like, I think one tier there was like a mount like locked to it. So it drove us to like, so like our guild, like we were just like, we have to get ahead of the curve. That was the thing that motivated us. And there was a point where once we couldn't get ahead of the curve, I think in Siege of Ogremar, we just said, we're not waiting anymore. Like we just stopped doing it because <laughs> they were like, what's the point now? It was like, because now everyone's going to, it was a really bad atmosphere, but they were just like, well, if we're just, we've lost out on this. Now there's no point until like the next like tier like comes yeah. out. Yeah. I know. I think it's one of those things where, like, for me, I don't know how to describe it, like, for some people, like, exclusivity, I guess, is, like, a, or missing, or, yeah, like, fear, fear of missing exclusivity mm-hmm. is uh, a driving force. And again, it does, like, tie into what Brian was saying about, like, time, because if you don't have the time to be able to do it, do you want to even attempt it? Because I know now, looking back at it, if I was to, like, look for one of those guilds now, and they say... We have to get all of this time invested to get ahead of the curve before it's gone. Like, let's do it. I'd be like, there's no chance in hell. Like, I'm going to be able to commit to that time. I like aspirational content. Um, I'm not sure I'm a huge fan of exclusivity. What I will tell you is like, if I was going to do it anyway, it's like, oh, cool. Maybe that'll change it from I was going to do it in three months to I'll do it in two because that gets me ahead of, you know, when the event ends or whatever. So like, it might alter my behavior, but it's not going to drive it. Exclusivity, like, if you're like, well, you know, if you don't do this, you won't get it. Mm -hmm. All right. Like, and I don't know if that's just something that comes with age or that just comes with once you've missed it enough times and you realize like, yeah, you know, hey, I didn't use Facebook for a month. And not only did my life not fall apart, but my life got better. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so like, yeah, that's actually, like, that's oh, a really good point. Great. Yeah. Like I, I got off the train and they told me my life would fall apart and it actually got better. And so they encourage you to, well, what if I quit other things too? I'm really good at quitting things now. Uh, and so, <laughs> so like. I don't, I don't need it. I can just be me and like you be you and that's great. Yeah. But like, I love aspirational content. I love that the ultimates are protected. I've never set foot in one, mm-hmm. but I love that if I ever get to that level now, like I'm, you know, I've cleared E9, 10, 11 and uh, we'll be scheduling 12 soon. And like, once I clear 12 in my head, I'm like, should I try an ultimate? And like the fact that that's been protected and set aside for me, I love that. I love the palace of the dead titles even though I've never attempted one. So like mm-hmm. aspirational content for me is about saying we're we're not saying only this many people can get it. Like the titles, the titles to me personally, the titles tied to Ishgard uh, Restoration, it's like, I, they don't mean anything. But mm-hmm. if they'd said, can you get this many points in this many days, that would have appealed to me. Like, okay, yeah. the timer starts, you know, every, on the first of every month. And if you can get this many points within a month, that's something where it's like, I might've said, okay, well, let me find a month that I have a lot of time and I'll go for it. And that that title will be tied to yeah. something that I can aspire to, but it's not like, oh, we arbitrarily set a line. And if you don't jump above it, you don't get the reward. I think been, it's, it's a very fine, clever, yeah. um, like what do you call it, marketing, I guess, almost from like a, uh, like from a, from a company's point of view, because if you put things that are locked behind this, like you can only get this during this time, it almost forces people in like quotation marks forces people to do that content asap because i know when because i was thinking talking about destiny 2 wasn't then didn't they vault raids and is it leviathan the and, leviathan like, like all yeah. the year one content yeah. the dlc as well and, and that summer yeah. i started playing and that's when yeah. i saw like a massive like the directory in is not an accurate reflection of like the game itself but being someone who looks and just like scouts through games that was the most I've ever seen anyone play Destiny 2. Like during that period of time before the fear of the fear of missing out drove this everyone to come back to Destiny 2 because they were like, I want to get these lines before they're gone forever. I want to try this raid before it's gone forever. Um, 
So like from a from a human and consumer point of view, like it can sometimes be a bit like I don't know, like almost manipulative, but it works in the company's favor, right? Um yeah, so yeah I, I, and my whole point is like I think it works a handful of times, and at some point, like you're yeah. gonna you're gonna get people off that that train because all of a sudden you start seeing the hamster wheel mm-hmm. in that regards. Because it's like okay, uh, be, it's my concern is is it's manufactured. You had to be there moments when what people really crave is actual. You had to be there moments. So in a yeah. way, fourteen has already kind of undergone something like this with one to 2.0 now there were like actual ramifications and reasons behind it mm-hmm. new engine like this is what we've got to do to really turn this game around so like that is a you know th- i would say that that's kind of a different category exceptionally yeah. rare 14 seems to be an exception in that case of, of doing something like this but it told a story that built up and like the great goo wall and you had you know you're fighting uh, nail van darnis and all of these things happened and that time was rewarded those 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 the that gear transferred into this game it wasn't like all that got deleted and you started over level one so there wasn't this hard like if you don't do this like you know however like i am appreciative of being there and as a part of that and you can't go back and experience that so we've had those experiences within it and so unreal is gated unreals are vaulted right unreals are another example within the 14 space but the, the theory is is they come back right just like with the sure. 15 event is disney coming back. yeah disney vaulted as opposed to like <clears throat> you'll never get to experience this unless you're right. in it and that creates i think that does create drive but it does i think it only creates drive free at some point somebody catches like gets tired of that drive right it at least creates focus Right. And so if you yeah. have if you have if you have 20 people interested in Unreals and you have 20 Unreals, what are the odds they can form a party? If you have 20 people interested in Unreals and you say this is the Unreal of the day, okay. Yeah. Let's get some groups formed. It wasn't the Unreal I wanted to do, but I do want to do Unreals. Let's do this one. And so it does at least home them in. Uh, and so, you know, with the Garo, it's like, well, I want to do PvP eventually, I want to do PvE. And then the problem in 14 is what are the odds there's enough people doing PvP on any one day to drop the queue times down? And it spirals out of control. Queue times are long, so nobody does it. Nobody does it, so queue times are long. And it goes back and forth, back and forth. By doing something like the Garo event, you say, here's a bunch of people who said they want to do PvP eventually. Let's say now is the time. And so it at least focuses those people in. Um, there's still a number of people that are like, yeah, I'm just not doing that. Uh, but they weren't going to do it anyway. And so there, you're not, there was nothing there to focus. I'm muted. So I'll I'll redo this real dramatically. So speaking of focus, Adi, what is your focus as we build to Endwalker? Uh, What are your goals and what are your hopes and I guess aspirations as we step into this next chapter of the game? Like what I want to like do and have completed prior to going into Endwalker or I want from Endwalker? Okay, cool. So uh, so like I was mentioning beforehand, this is the, um, this is my first expansion, like playing, right? Shadowbringers. But I still came at it like guns blazing, just solely doing raiding content. So I've cleared the tier. Um, ultimate was always something, and I feel like maybe ultimate and savage for a lot of people is kind of this, uh, like what's this word, like enigma, like this fear of stepping into it. You know, like everyone, there'll always be an excuse. I remember telling myself like when I wanted to get raiding in this expansion, oh, I don't want to do savage straight away because all the professionals are doing it. So I'll give it like two, three months, and then two, three months went by, and then I thought. 
oh like i don't want to do it now because then everyone's going to know the tactics and expect me to know the tactics and then i like i like kept delaying it on and on and on so i was going to do the same thing for ultimate i was going to be like oh the new ultimate will come out in like you know 6.1 and then like i'll try it then whereas i told myself now i want to see if i can at least just step foot into it see if i can get a clear and an ultimate so an ultimate clear is on the the cards or potentially for me ideally and then like um i'll talk about this beforehand just to get one of every weapon done so like one uh zodiac which i've done one heaven's Lord, which i've done stormblood yet to do and shadowbringers i'm working through and then i need to get a like the crafting or like a gatherer's version those are my my big ones I have never finished a relic. I have a partial relic from like, like I have partial relics. Like I just have a bunch <laughs> of started projects. Sure. Like where I'm like, like, but during Heaven's Word, I'm like, oh, I'm going to try this relic. I got <laughs> some books and they're like, hey, cool. You're going to have to do about a thousand more of those. And I was like, cool, I'm going to do something else. <laughs> uh, and so then like Eureka, I made it to that, like that step where, um, you know, I had the unique perspective of like, 60% of the player base all we all quit at the same time. Uh, and so the there was like one it was like the second or third step where we all just kind of like fell off. And then Baldi's and Arsenal came out and I was like, well, I would have I would have done it if I'd known that was coming. Um, not because it was good, but because like I would have pushed yeah, yeah. through because then there was this huge kind of lust for uh, the fact that they got to do that. Mad respect. So D, what are your hopes uh, and expectations or what are you really excited about with Endwalker? We've seen a lot of news already and we're about to gear up for the next wave of more detailed focus information. Uh, the the tentative date for like media tour stuff is September, mm -hmm. which means we'd either by the end of September, or early October, start actually getting gameplay and impressions and things like that. What are you looking forward to the most? So, for, so... Uh... I said this beforehand, like I skipped through MSQ, but like, and I want to say like a year or yeah, a year ago towards the end of August uh, last year, uh, I started again, like from one all the way through, like watched all the cutscenes, watched all that, read all the dialogue, did everything and got super, super invested. Like I've, this is the first game ever. So just like backstory, I've almost exclusively only played MMOs. So I was like a RuneScape baby, and then I was a Maple Story baby, and then I was World of Warcraft, and I was World of Warcraft for like 14 years, like from uh, post-launch all the way through to BFA. And as soon as I dropped, like left BFA, I was like dabbling in uh, Destiny 2. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Rift was like a thing, also a bit. Yeah, like, Rift kind of had a little, a uh, little spike there. Uh, you know, the, the WoW killer. Yeah, no, it was, everything well, I mean, was the WoW killer. For, every, like, yeah, a bit. yeah, it, yeah. But even still, like I've, I've, I've even seen more people kind of returning to Rift. It's not really being actively developed. And I was like, I think hmm. if it continued on, it had some really great ideas Central. and systems. Yeah. But anyway, continue. Yeah, yeah. So like, it was just like MMOs, and then I found Final Fantasy fourteen, and. Again, I had the same approach to like all MMOs, which was just raiding PVE. Mm -hmm. So this game has made me appreciate story like 28 years later. You know, like I didn't care about stories. And like people, would, I remember vividly, I think it was 5.3 had just launched and people were just like, I'm crying. Like, oh, I'm so like, like, this is too emotional. And I just pull it together. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it's just, it's just a story. Like there's nothing, like it's just a game is what I told these people. And then everyone was just like, Okay, do the story. And so I went for the story and there's like a, a 15 minute montage video of me just sobbing my way through 5.3 because I didn't think a game was ever capable of Dude. making me feel like this. Yeah. So like for me, it's um the story. Like I want to know what happens, how they conclude, because I didn't realize it. this story has been going on for almost 14 years, right? They were saying mm -hmm. this is like a, 
a big arc that's coming to an end come 6.1 and then we're gonna get a new story and so for me i want to know a how everything wraps up story-wise i don't know if anyone's still laying out so no spoilers but just for me that's my biggest priority and then second is i'm a horrible one trick so i only played astrologian that was the only job that i played all the way throughout and so hearing that they're like working on ast or reworking ast is like a fear for me right because yeah when i told yeah. you is it stormblood ast was like yeah stormblood ast was the one where like i think everyone looks at stormblood ast through rose tinted glasses because for <laughs> me it was the worst like playstyle. like it was it was the best in terms of creativity like it made me like think more but like in practice you only did one thing you you fished for like a balance to spread or right. like, a like it was to power. yeah you're you were hunting for maybe maybe yeah, you, three you cards card fishing maybe yeah, exactly. yeah yeah and so like i learned that and then i learned the way it was here and i i enjoyed the ability to be able to like flex which meant that i could just learn one healer because i could like jump around depending on who my co-healer was but now i'm going to be just the regen healer so, which makes puts me in a position where I kind of have to learn a different job. So I'm looking at Sage, but I feel like everyone and their family are looking at Sage. So now I'm like, do I go Scholar? So for me, story, and then what they're going to do to Ast, and then I have to learn a new job. Those are my the big things. Yeah, having, and we, we give this advice out a lot, especially whenever your role is having a new job introduced. That <clears> means <throat> that entire role, all the jobs that fall into that role have a chance to radically change. Yeah. And so I have always said that it, we don't get two new jobs per expansion. We get 15 and then 17 and then 19. Like, it's like they're rethinking it. Some jobs, minor adjustments. Some jobs, like, wow, that's completely different. And I've seen that, especially with Astrologian. We saw it heavily. We saw it heavily. Why am I drawing a blank on the job? It's up machinist. Uh, we saw that job in Shadowbringers radically change. I really enjoyed the changes they made to that because I didn't like it. I think I went from stormblood into uh shadowbringers going like oh yeah um so i was happy with that but the nice thing about sage even if like you didn't want to be kind of a sage you know bandwagon fan is that sage for you would start at 70 and mm -hmm. so it's not like oh man i like i gotta go all the way back i gotta yeah, go yeah, like sure. and so and if you do if you don't want to do sage and you do feel like leveling a healer and you did astro like you got to go check out, you know, you know, white mage, you got to go check out scholar, mm -hmm. which that's, you got plenty of time from then to now. But if you wait till uh, the 19th of November, <laughs> you, you might be like, I want to do this, but I've got, I've got to do all this other stuff to get caught back up to where I was. True, true. And any other thoughts on that topic before we jump into our main? Let's do it. All right, cool. Let's see here. Uh, I want to set up a little context. I think it's important. And this is obviously my own personal theory. Chris and I have kind of talked about this behind the scenes in a way. And skill up kind of kicks us off. So this isn't a statement of judgment towards skill up or anybody, especially around the situation that Activision Blizzard is in. However, what my perspective is, has always been that you just kind of quiet down enough and things kind of go back to normal because gamers at their core are about games. But I've been saying for a couple of weeks now, I was like, there's going to be a wave of the content creator, you know, like the, the dilemma that they're in because the fact that people still want the content that they make uh, mm -hmm. and so much. And so I saw these, 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 these tweets actually from skill up and I thought it was a good, interesting way to kind of start to set up a discussion about it. Like what is the role of content creation and players 
especially around these companies, what ultimately sends the best message. Just to be clear, like if you feel like it's okay to support Activision Blizzard because there are good devs, there are good people within the company, that's perfectly fine. I'm not making a judgment one way or another. We're just using this as a setup for a discussion. So I'm gonna read this. We'll go D, we'll go Chris. We'll see what everybody's feeling. Uh, in this regards. So uh, Skillup actually tweeted this out. He says, I'm really struggling with how to cover the Activision Blizzard Ubisoft games. On one hand, boycotts send a clear, unmitigated message. On the other hand, thousands of honest devs slaved away for years to create something only to have that work silenced by the action of these jerk offs. Uh, <laughs> Personally, I'm inclined to cover these games while also mentioning uh, the context in which they are made and how the industry needs reform. People will click, oh, cool, new COD. But here, hey, by the way, they're pretty much bad people and bad things happen at Activision. So maybe think about that. I think it's a powerful way on its own. And I really would welcome any advice on this, particularly from developers, since this is your life's work that is being discussed here. And so that's what he kind of tweeted out. I, I ended up doing my own reply, but I'd like to get, uh, let's start actually with Chris here. I'd like to get Chris's uh, kind of first thoughts especially as it relates to Activision Blizzard. Is Diablo 2 a reef? Like they've already replaced some leadership. We already know that's happened. Diablo 2 is on the horizon. Are are they almost out of the weeds? Is this something like, you know, are we seeing kind of the tail end of that, uh, essentially that frustration? I don't think anything is that black and white. Um, I, I don't think don't. boycotts, <laughs> I don't think that boycotts send an unmitigated message because boy, people, boy, like, how do they know who stopped paying because they just wanted to play something else or who stopped paying unless you tell them uh, also to all the people that are upset that have are like, well, I've never given Blizzard money. And now as a result, I'm never going to get Blizzard money. How are they receiving that message? They don't even, that, that doesn't even, not a blizzard. <laughs> there, is, there, is a, there is no input. You're a non-voting member. And so you are saying, I'm going to continue not voting. All right, well, we're going to keep doing our thing without you then. And so like, Boycotts do not send a clear, unmitigated message unless they are very clearly communicated. Uh, and when they are done, they are designed to cut the snake off at the head, regardless of what it does to the whole thing. If you boycott, you know, a major retailer that hurts the employees who are just showing up to do their job. And you're saying, you know what, that cost is worth the message I'm sending um, until we see changes in the following way. And so I, I don't think any of this is that black and white. The money you pay to a game dev is not, I don't get to earmark my $15 a month to Yoshi P and say, I want this only spent on Final Fantasy 14 and only devs who share these following ethical beliefs to say, I wanna pay $15 for access to your game for 30 days and you can do whatever the heck you want with that money. Uh, that, that content was already designed and paid for. And so you can use that to pay for future content or pay or pay yourself back for the fact that you paid devs to work on that. You can do whatever you want with that $15, as long as I get my 30 days of access. And so like, I don't really have that much control. If you disengage from the conversation, then you do not get to remain a part of the conversation. And so what Skillup is saying here is, okay, if I totally disengage, then people who remain engaged get to drive the narrative. New Diablo is really good without the context. And so by staying in, you get to kind of be that inside fan. But you also don't have to live through the pain of living without Diablo. If you really feel strongly, right? Is Diablo so good that you're like, yeah, but like, I really like getting loot though. And that's more important to me than human lives being ruined over this. And that that is something you are admitting. Loot is more important to me than those people's issue. I don't care about that. I just want to play my game. And so you're, you're experiencing both of those. It's, it's not 
that simple. It's an incredibly personal decision. And I think for me, like the closest parallel I can draw is that I have a tattoo and my brother has a tattoo. And when he was getting his tattoo, I passed along advice to him that was given to me. And it was that if you get a tattoo, never, ever, ever tell anyone what that tattoo means. And that doesn't mean you can't try to explain it, but what it is is guard yourself against that response because people who don't like tattoos will think no matter what your reason is that that's stupid. And there will be people who try to discount that. And when you are doing something as personal as marking your own body permanently, that is because you think that's worth it and no one else's opinion matters. It is your body, you have to live with it. It is your choice. And so if you wanna play this game, and that's the only thing that matters, then play it. And if you want to boycott it, then boycott it. And if you want to play it and expand context, then play it and expand context. But this is a personal decision. It's like grieving in a way Mm -hmm. where there are going to be people who grieve different ways. There are going to be people that say, this is a time for those of us in the community that are not jerks to each other to bind together and bind around the blizzard devs that are not jerks and stick together and play this game that was made by an outside studio and and spend time with each other and reminisce on the good times and call for change. There are going to be other people that say, I'm done. I'm done. And I can't give them another dime ever, no matter what they do. And there are many people that say, you know what, this is time for a punishment. And should they make these changes, whatever it is, I would say just internally document what it is. If you want them to make changes, then make a list, literally write it down if you have to and say, what I would need to see change is I would need to see these three names lose their job. And I would need to see this many good patches in a row. And I would need to see these statements from the devs. And when that checklist is complete, Just like somebody who has a prison sentence, they've paid their due and go back. You don't get to lord it over them forever. One of the biggest issues I see with things like this is people say, well, I won't play Diablo until, let's say, Ian loses his job because he's in charge of World of Warcraft. And I just I don't like Ian. And I think this whole thing and if Ian doesn't lose his job, I'm not playing Diablo. And then they hear you. They fire Ian. And you go, yeah, but actually, I'm not going to do this until the new head of Overwatch loses his job. No, you don't get to move the goalpost. So process it, think about how you wanna respond and then just stay the course. And whatever makes Skillup proud of the work he does is good enough. What do you think, D? Uh, Plus one? Yes. No, um, it's one of those things where uh, people have that argument of separate the uh, artist from the art, right? I think uh historically for example like the one that i pull off the top of my head is jk rowling she's been very like trans exclusionary and so there's been people who are just saying things like who have said things like don't talk about harry potter ever again because if you talk about harry potter that means you're like anti-trans um and then there's people who've just said things like this was a big part of my life before any of this surfaced and so like the memories that i hold and the kind of attachments I have to this are not attached to the words that this person is like pushed, the narrative that she's pushed. And sort of tying into what Brian was saying about the whole um like you're punishing boycotting like punishes the wrong people. But on the grand scale of things, in terms of like companies and the way like you know things are pushed and how margins are managed, it is the bottom line finance. Like what makes the money? So the reason people push boycotts is because the idea that if they see a sudden loss in revenue, if they see a drop in subscribers, this is the way of us telling them, like, do better, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you're seeing that drop in margins, like, while we're looking at it as if, like, Blizzard is suffering, 
it's not just Blizzard who are suffering, you know? They're the, the friends who, you know, the the, team, the GMs who've been, like, answering all your tickets. They're the people on the websites who've been responding to you. People on the phone calls who've been, like, answering your phones. And when you're saying things like, you know, boycott it, and it is very, like, not great, because you are ultimately saying that their suffering is less important than, you know, and very important, like, things that have come to light, like, other people suffering. Um... So this is what, like, I don't know, like, my opinions on boycotts, like, at least, like, on this length is, like, very, like, half and half. Like, it's not the response anyone wants to hear, but I get it. Like, I understand why, but I also, as, as an empathetic person, like, look at it from the people who are kind of, like, caught in the middle. And I struggle as someone looking at people caught in the middle, being, like, like, shrugging. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I watch a lot of, like, some... World of Warcraft players, for example, have come over and started playing Final Fantasy XIV, and they're going through blind prog. And I know you're talking about it previously, mm-hmm. um, Chris. Like, but they still also play World of Warcraft. Um, and, but they're also very firm on their statements on their stance on like Blizzard itself. You know, tying into what Skill Up said is, do I still produce this content, but make everyone aware of my stance on it? Because if you just drop it, and it's just the people who care are no longer part of this conversation. The only people that are left in this conversation are the people who either don't care or like don't like put you know the people sufferings above like their own personal gain and then yeah. when you leave that environment all you've left are the people like who you don't want to be left alone alone in like that so they just like whirlpool you know together so i feel like sometimes it's one of those you you have to you need to was it bad things happening because good people stand silent you need to be part of the conversation in their spaces yeah it's a it's i believe that 100 especially when uh you know like when good people do nothing that's when like the bad things can just literally just like run rampant. And it's like, Oh, you know, um, and it's, it's a real complex issue. Cause I, I think Chris like kind of hit the nail on the head is that like, Hey, my money, you know, I don't have any real dictation of where that goes. And then B the, the other side of this is that like, traditionally we have yet to see a boycott, I guess, bring about the extremes of what people say. Like, I will never do this. Like blizzard has burned a handful of people that are, that are vocal, but that's the generally the minority. What I think people are seeing through kind of that initial pullback in the numbers when we see that, that the daily active users, I think more than anything else, that daily active users is what these companies watch for more than anything. You know, that the, the money is important, don't get me wrong, but when like that sends a very clear message of, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna pause. We're just gonna pause. We're not gonna burn you to the ground. We're gonna pause. And when we see that happening, uh, that's when we've seen the leadership change over. I think if Blizzard like rebuilds and does right and treats their people right, I think this is, could be a really good story because like kind of like light is the best disinfected is, is a phrase I enjoy. It's like, okay, oh, this is bad. This is bad, but we need to be keenly aware of it. And that's going to help hopefully drive our decisions. But Chris is 100% right. The decision is 100% personal. If you're just here for the games, that's great. Like, okay, like, you know, that's fine. A lot there, I, I would say that's the vast majority of people were just here for the games. And the, and the Call of Duty numbers this year are most likely going to reflect that very thing. No matter whatever PlayStation pays Activision for whatever feature that they're going to keep locked off of other platforms for a year, which they've done for a few years now, that has no matter because the, the it's just a, it's a vocal minority who are going to kind of throw up the most thing. But new leadership that is hopefully going to be bringing the company around. And then essentially, I think they have a, a lot of work to be done. And their best bet is to deliver good games and put their nose to the grindstone and not mess up. And Blizzard hasn't been able to not mess up for a little while. And that's why I was like, 
even in the spring before all this is like they've got leadership issues uh, because it feels like every you know couple of, every year there's some big thing where they got to come out and say we're sorry we'll do better we're sorry we'll do better and now it's like those people are gone new people are in place they get a they get a fresh they get a fresh chance and i think from the content creation perspective though the thing i would see is that yeah if skill up didn't cover the game somebody else would step up because there is an audience that yep. is hungry for that content they don't care somebody will still google is diablo 2 good right now skill up due to the channel he has built will show up as one of the top search results but only if he hits publish yeah so would you hit publish brian would you cover diablo 2 and if you and would you play it are those different answers so uh based off of what has was occurred no i'm not i'm not like i think i I'm not the biggest Blizzard guy and that I, I stepped out. And so honestly, if Blizzard, if Diablo two is great, that I think that's a point, but that's not a, okay, I'm back in. I have enough other games that I enjoy to play. I think this, this conversation is a whole different conversation when, Hey, you get like two games a year and one game that you've been excited about since they announced it is Diablo two remastered. It's like, okay. Well, but Lost Ark is also like probably a, like a two weeks after that, you know, like, oh, you know, um, there's there's plenty of other, I think, great games that I think I can pour myself into right. that are going to be better worth my time and and my money. Now, I am not going to sit here and say that Blizzard can't win me back, but they've got to put the work in. Right. Th like I wasn't burned as hard as a lot of people were burned with this deal. That's I just want to make that very clear. I left in the, right, the cost of your boycott is yeah. I'm not even. I'm not even. I wouldn't even consider myself boycotting. My my, <laughs> my I left. I left and was like, all right, I'm out in the spring. Like in in yeah. like fe like right as we're getting into March. I was like, yeah. There's. I'm not enjoying this, and I know that there's a lot of love here, and I'm just gonna go ahead and just like yeah, I'm gonna just bow out now. I'm not gonna worry about it. I'm not gonna make a stink about it. That's not who I am. I'm out. And step out and then it's like all this stuff happens is like chris was more directly Im impacted he's the guy who i was like i felt bad for uh pyromancer is the guy i felt bad for uh like people who the fact that you poured in 14 years of of your life in a while even though like with vfa you left like how did this news how, how did this news impact you d i think it's one of those things like it sounds awful but it's one of those things where you know how you mentioned earlier how if you're not giving the money you not like continuing to play their game doesn't bother them the slightest and you're like well if you're already not consuming their content me saying well i'm not going to come back it means nothing to them they're just like okay well we lost we had zero and now we still have zero so like what do you want from us i think for me looking at the game itself it's i have more empathy for um people whose livelihoods i guess are like reliant on this game because for me this game as a whole means like nothing to me like i stepped away from it you know four years ago three years ago and the the content that I create, the things that I consume, has got nothing to do with them. So for me, looking at this, I have like nostalgic memories of World of Warcraft. Well, I does this make me want to play World of Warcraft? Definitely not. Does it make me want to come back? No. Similar to you, like I need to see like good changes, like a reform, a restructure for me to even contemplate being like, will I give this a second chance? But my issues with the game were like way before you know any of the stuff that surfaced. Um, like looking at it now, it's I don't know. I'm one of those people where I see a lot of my friends who still play World of Warcraft, still stream World of Warcraft, still create content for World of Warcraft, 
well, like under this scrutiny, you know, something similar to what we were just seeing, where people are like afraid to still be participating in an environment which has now been surrounded by this like cloud of shame, essentially, where mm -hmm. just like, like I have friends who quite literally like appear offline on Discord and things like that because they're like, I don't want anyone to see me like say I'm playing Overwatch because then what if they think I'm a bad person? Like the fear is like erupted like that far. Oh my gosh, that 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 can yeah. this ties into what Orville's asking, but finish your thought because I, I think we go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? And I think when you have like such a like a heavy weighted opinion on things like this, people who have no choice to like, I remember you reacting to that video of Pyromancer, right? And you got like super, super emotional because it is one of these things where when you invest so much time on your livelihood depends on this, you're yeah. essentially having to like put like morality over your own livelihood well-being. And like that is not a conversation anyone else can have. And like you were mentioning earlier, that's a very personal yeah. like, thing. Like, and imagine having like people who not just like your own livelihood right but then mm -hmm. some some of these content creators like you I got mean, you got like uh, at the end of the day like you i'm sorry like there's 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 literal bullets i will jump in front of yeah without even thinking about it i've pre-thought you mm -hmm. know i've made that decision when you know when those moments happen and you know when those moments happen you're like it doesn't have to be a kid either like it yeah. could be it could be a partner it could be like it could be just a best friend or something that's like yeah like un not even thought like I'm, I, you know, I, I told my, I told my wife, if she ever farts in public, I'll just immediately take the blame. Like, I'll just be like, oh, my, my bad. My <laughs> God, get a Brian. Oh my gosh, Brian. <laughs> what, how embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. I just said, don't worry about it. I got you. I mean, it's also not, there also starts to be a question of like, but does somebody have to take the bullet? Right. Can we just step out of the way? It like, mm -hmm. It, it comes down to like the other day I got a comment on one of my videos that people did not like that my wife and I eat at a particular fast food chain because the cup was in the back of the background, right? Because that fast food chain has been associated with statements made in the past that don't reflect. I have friends and family that have worked for that fast food chain. There's only so many fast food chains out there. Uh, and I have friends that are in the affected group that eat at that fast food chain. And so like, it's not that simple. And like, how dare you, I would love to live in a world where we all got to just decide good cause, bad cause and move through it. But like Dave Greco arts here in the stream and makes art for these companies. How do you, how do you then you can't say, okay, I'm only going to work for companies that are perfect all of the time. It's you not that it's simple. Impossible. Final Fantasy this this month distributed more polar bears to players than there are polar bears left in the world. How does that make you feel? Not great. Not great. Feels awful. But am I going to stop doing everything in my life to only worry about polar bears? Well, now you forgot about the rainforest. Well, if you forgot about it's, the rainforest, what yeah. about starving children? And so like, there are a million good causes and so you have to sort your life while managing your life. You have to pay your bills. You have to put food in your mouth. You have to take care of yourself. But while doing all that, because nobody else wants to do it, you take care of you. And then after you do that, you have to say, okay, how much time, energy, and resources do I have left? And just start at the top. And sometimes you might realize, okay, I care about this one. But if I remove this one from the ones I'm actively working towards, I can pick up five more mm -hmm. because it's just taking too much of my time to make a dent. Yeah. And so like, you might go on a walk for, for cancer this month, but then next month they're like, Hey, do you want to go on a walk for stroke? And you're like, no, I don't have time to walk this month. Or, oh, so you're pro stroke now. No, yeah, we yeah. just have to live our lives. It, it, it's not that simple. And so it's really easy for people to come out. What Orville's talking about here is, do you think people will get canceled? 
we, anybody who's lived in the United States, we've all been agreeing with each other for the last eight years. We've all been big fans. <laughs> last of each 250 other. Everybody's, years. Yeah. Everybody's been great. Yeah. But imagine hypothetically that there was a politician that made some statements that let's put them past the point of maybe the word unfortunate. And, you know, they were recorded and they were made around somebody who was a member of the press. Let's call them a content creator in this context. They lost their job. Nothing happened to the person that made the statement. So will people be canceled around this? Will people have to make decisions that affect their livelihood? Will people have decisions made for them that affect their livelihood? Possibly, but it will be in a case by case basis. The community that the community in this metaphor that that person surrounded themselves with, the company that they worked for had a moral stand. The company that the person who made the statement for was not so much bothered by that statement. Yeah. And so that determined the consequences, not the action or their relationship to the action, who supports them. So members of the community who have always stood on a moral high ground and have said, I only play games that support certain groups of people or have certain ethical stances. And then they say, but Diablo is like super freaking good though. They're going to get some pushback. But people who say, I play every action RPG that comes out and I only care about the gameplay. I don't want to talk about politics, religion, or ethics in this stream. They're going to cover Diablo and be just fine. It's an interesting uh, subject here for Orville because essentially I would say right before going on this show, I I'm someone's trying to set me up to be canceled and it's it's very clear their their motivations uh, because essentially I'm not going to call them out and give them any kind of any light. Uh, but essentially it's that the fact that we've invited people into this game and certain people have said like probably bad words in some point in the past, basically trying to equate that we are them, you know, in that regards. And what it comes down to in my mind is it, it's a blend of what's called the circle of influence and your circle of interest. One of the problems that we have as society that we'll have to figure out how to evolve into is that there is so much in our daily feed all the time, like that. It's just you're inundated with too much information, right? There's so many causes to care for. But when it comes down to your circle of influence, what actually can you affect? And so a lot of people get stuck in the circle of interest and do nothing. They stress out their et cetera versus the circle of influence. What can you actually do? Who are you actually? What are your morals? Who are you as a human being? What good are you trying to put out in the world? And you have to refocus in on that circle of, inf uh, of, of influence and you have to ignore the circle of interest. And when it comes down to people getting canceled, uh, I, I don't like you want you cancel me fine. Like I, I, I fully expect it at some point people can make up any kind of thing and the internet will take it in any kind of way. My goal is to love people as best as I can and just have and talk about video games like that is that is it. But if I get canceled, I get canceled. That's one of the reasons why, like, I think when it comes down to content creation, ensure yourself. Don't just pour yourself into one, one method because the internet will believe whatever the first story is, mm -hmm. whatever the, whoever comes out first and says this. So it's like, just note that who knows what people will take. I, I, I choose to engage. I could just ignore, but that essentially will build up to its own story. But no, I don't support people saying bad names to each other. That's why I think the tools in Final Fantasy 14 are fantastic because you can report and you can ban harassment. But no, like I am not responsible for bringing harassers into any particular game. The problem with being open and to invitation is that there are going to be some bad eggs. There's going to be some growing pains, but that's not that's not on anyone. I think the I think the game overall benefits as opposed to somebody coming in and being, you know, being a jerk. My wife was bullied in this, 
in this game. And we've had horrible things said to me in this game and to others. Like this isn't anything that's new as of now. This is something that's always existed, but that's, that's, that's been a fun little, little messaging thread. Uh, so who knows what, if, if they'll come out with it. <laughs> what's, what's your, what's your, your favorite, um, hateful comment that's been thrown at us, Brian. Oh, uh, my, for, for me, for you, I love that they call you a condescending tool. My wife still uses that. <laughs> Not my wife uses that. Sometimes I'll say something, she's like, you're such a condescending tool. It was from a comment. Yeah, you're such a condescending tool, Chris. Condescending tool, she's like, uh, like my favorite uh, one that I like is the thing that essentially just is like I, I will pin to the top of the thing is whenever it's ignorant and lazy. Like it's within a half a second, you can show that your comment has n like it's it literally is like what is this? And then it's just I usually just kind of pin that, and then it's just like people people refer to it on Ginger Prime as the pin of shame. It's like oh I don't do it everyone, so it's like people come in and they do that. I'm like whatever, I just like ignore it. But occasionally when it's just so ignorant and so lazy you only do x oh do i <laughs> oh i do i now like i literally have like 10 videos about final fantasy 11 and my love of final fantasy you know we've crossed 3,000 youtube videos brian I between not. ginger I prime gaming kind of and worked again i did not um uh, my, my last thing on uh kind of my last statement i want to get d's thoughts on on this question here because i think it's important i want to make sure everybody's represented but my thought a uh, final part when it comes to cancel culture is i believe more than anything else it hurts everyone it hurts the person canceling it hurts the person canceled because it doesn't let anybody move on past that situation you literally have a moment in time where that becomes public record and obviously there's varying degrees right like there could there be a good way of like bringing this stuff to the public well yeah like okay i went to the police and i did this and i filed reports and i have all this evidence and then they paid off the police because they're corruptors so, you know like I have no other choice, but when people go right to the public and nobody really gets to kind of shake it out, it's the story that breaks first is traditionally the story that's believed and cancel culture shuts down the conversation and the discussion. So it doesn't allow for healing on both sides. And that's just where I fall. Like, uh, D, I want to get you in on, uh, on this thought as kind of, and then we'll hopefully wrap up with some, uh, you know, some fun, some fun stuff. This is a little bit deeper conversation later, obviously into the podcast. So I personally, just, I don't, like, I hate the word council culture. I think, like, holding people accountable is, like, the, my preferred choice. Is, like, I like using that because I feel like people have demonized, because bad people do bad things, right? Yeah. And then when they've been called out on doing bad things, they're just like, like, I'll see a comment or a thread or whatever, and I'll just be like, council culture at its finest, or like, oh, just not a council culture, and it almost, like, disregards what was said because it's almost like a brushed as, like, oh, everyone's overreacting. So I think holding people accountable is fair i think if people have you know acted wrongly done stuff wrong you should definitely hold them accountable and hold them to a standard where you're like you need to be better you need to do something um this idea of like instantly going to the public and like shaming everything like again it's one of those things where like everything is not black and white everything is great you don't know what's said behind closed doors you don't see what's in dms you don't see if attempts have been made and so when everything is put out on blast like you're saying the first post, the first thing you read spins the narrative, right? Mm -hmm. So the first thing you read, people are already biased. The next thing you read, it's just like, oh, you're backpedaling or, you know, like the second post almost gets scrutinized more and like is more meticulously like deconstructed and like analyzed and um, it kind of like snowballs from there. Personally, the holding people accountable publicly, whatever it is, yes. Do I think that it also is very like bad? 
or has the potential to be bad, also yes. Because I do think it's one of those things where um, if someone's done something bad and they've been made to help you hold held accountable and they then responded and they're like working to get better, I think you'll always have this kind of like cloud forever over your head now. Like you're always going to be this person who's carrying this with you. I think um, that's a factor of the internet though, because it does, it, it does live forever. Exist forever. In that regards, yeah. because let's say, like, let's say I did something, I did something bad, which I, like, I'm sure I have in, 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 in my past, but nothing in terms of the context of what we're talking mm -hmm. about. But let's say that was on video. Like there wasn't cameras and stuff like that. Like I, let's, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know a good example. Um, but you know, and then that lives forever in that moment and it's for, and people can experience it today, today. They're not, it's not like, oh, that was 20 years ago. That was 30 years ago. That was 40 years ago. Uh, and so the, essentially when that happens is like the internet keeps that and preserves that. So as people can be hurt by that in the, like from now to the end of the future. And that's where it's like, that's where I think the internet, it, it's a good thing from an archive perspective. But in the terms of your idea of, of a road of redemption, that cloud is that people could still be getting hurt by that action because they're just now experiencing it today as opposed to whenever like it occurred. And even if there was apologies, those don't necessarily get shared as the offense uh, mm -hmm. has in the past. Because mm -hmm. it it's one of those things where like, like you mentioned, it's just forever there, you know, and you know how we mentioned about earlier how you can't just then keep it to lord over someone. And I feel like that's what happens, right? Because there'll be something like loads of content creators have come over recently, like and a post from 2010 will get circulated and be like, this is your friend? Like, this is who you're talking to? And I'm like, it's been 11 years since that post and they've made about 25 million apology videos and like posts and like tried to redeem themselves. But all we will remember is they got canceled in 2010. Like that is the instant thing that comes to your head. Um, right. But like something right. someone said in chat was just, I don't want to. I don't want this idea that we're saying you can't call people out on like toxic or like bad behavior. Because sometimes it sometimes takes a public post. Because mm -hmm. this this like Activision stuff. Like people would say that would cancel culture. Like if it wasn't as serious as it was, if there wasn't an investigation done as deep as it was, if it wasn't like well, it, so well thought out. How I define that differently though, and the why mm -hmm. I wouldn't define that as that is that that actually is being originated by the state doing yeah, an investigation true. where essentially mm -hmm. like there is due process essentially being and essentially there's going to be like court etc yes it came to the public yeah but it wasn't that somebody just said hey here's what we're going to do and and, and execute that you know like hey mm -hmm. here's this kind of cabal and we're gonna this is what we're gonna do and we're gonna gather this evidence and we're only gonna present this side and then we're gonna just spring it on the world and, and the world's compassionate well, they have like we you know you, yeah. you you don't want bad guys running around Anyway, go ahead. Well, I guess in the Final Fantasy 14 directory, like things we can talk about is like in parallel are, you know, we've heard like posts that were surrounding, you know, assaulted FXIV and like content creators that we're kind of familiar with, like things have surfaced and like come out or shed light on and everyone suddenly found out and everyone's, you know, come out in support and come out and rallied uh, and then people have been held accountable. And it's one of those things where if it didn't come out the way it did, did it, would it have received or with the person, you know, or with the, the parties involved, the negative parties will then have been held to that standard, you know, mm -hmm. because it is one of those things where like, sometimes it takes like a direction like that to be able to draw the attention that it needs, because otherwise, how would anyone hear it? Because I don't know, it, it's, it's a very like, um, like tricky line to like dance on, I guess. Mm -hmm. So let's end with something positive, because this is like obviously a deep, uh, deep conversation. 
what can we do as content creators just to better off the Final Fantasy 14 community and gaming in general? Chris, like, what do you think? Um, I think we all come from somewhere different. We all come from, you know, we've played other games, we've had other life experiences, or maybe what makes us unique is that we haven't played other games and we're a first time through and you have other life experiences that are kind of fueling that. And I, I think that um, while you may be a unique combination of things, no one aspect of any of us is truly unique. There's other people that have that life, that one life experience or has something similar or have that one level of experience with the game or have that same question you have. And so as content creators, like I would just focus on kind of extending what makes you unique, you know, in business that's kind of called your, your unfair advantage, like play to your strength. There is something that you want to make if you're the question was content creator focused uh that is uniquely you and so you know raid guides coming out 16 different raid guides that that can still catch more people than if we drop to 15 even though they're all covering the same raid so um so in the 14 community and i would say that extends beyond traditional content creation definitions like twitch and youtube to people that go post on reddit people that go post in discords um, bringing your unique perspective to the table as an invitation to other people like you that maybe are afraid to speak up or don't know how to say their question or they've said their question in the past and it didn't get received right because they didn't know how to phrase it. Um, that would be the thing we can continue to be better at, realizing we're all coming from somewhere different. D, you talked about skipping the story and coming in for the thing that would reward you. Then once you decided to stay going back and doing story, um, there's a portion of the community that will do that. And there's, you know, so for all the people that know and love story, they're not immediately going to feel okay with that approach, even though you got to the same place. Mm -hmm. um, and so that would be kind of the, you know, Brian is obsessed with controller play. There's a number of people that wonder how in the world you put Gunbreaker on a freaking controller. And <laughs> so like, th these are things like bring your unique advantage. What about your life? You know, maybe you get to play a lot in a week. Maybe you get to play a little in a week. There are other people that play the same amount and um, just kind of share your experience. It, it is a multiplayer game. To people that say this is an RPG slash MMO, they're ignoring the fact that like literally two hours in, you've got to find a group for Sestasha. Like right out of the gate, this is an MMO true through and through. So be part of the community, even if that's an introverted part, um, be your part. What do you think, D? So I like that point about like your, like your, uh, the thing about you is what makes you unique, you know, is because everyone has their own journey in this game. And there are things like, I've said things on my streams where I've said things like, oh, I skipped story or I went straight to raiding or, you know, I didn't care about X, Y, Z. And people have resonated with that. They've said things like, that was me. I did this. And suddenly they don't feel alone anymore. Now it's something, one of those things where they're just like, so you did it and you also got from A to Z and they're like maybe at F and then maybe we're wondering where they can ever get to Z. And so when you share that kind of information with people, you kind of normalize their experience and then it makes it kind of easier for them to get, you know, play this game the way they want to play it without feeling like they're playing it quote unquote the wrong way. Because I will say, I think you were looking at a, a post um, yesterday, you're reading like a Reddit post, I think it was, which was mm -hmm. basically saying the, plas oh, the, the plastic, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the plas the plastic community, community is like. smiling with a knife in its hand. And I was just like, yeah, because they can sometimes be like that. And then you kind of are just like, I don't want to say this out loud in case they like fight me. Um, but yeah, like things like that are, are important, I think too. And as content creators, there are people like, um, like Rin and, uh, Komi and like Lama Todd who do things like teaching and like things like that has like really pulled people in. I think 
the fear of like we talked about it earlier the fear of stepping into content which you've never done before is like the most daunting thing and there will always be a reason for you not to do it there will always be a reason why you shouldn't or you can't go into that content i think that first of having someone who or people who are going to be like the gateway to kind of help you into that content is one of those things which will then instill them in confidence you know i think people have said they're like hey i've never rated a day in my life and now i'm like rating ultimate and like things like that you know were only made possible because of the environments that are created by that space so those are like really nice points i like yeah absolutely and uh, i guess my kind of final thought especially on it is that when it comes down to it like root rooted in love and under and, and seeking understanding is a is a real like key thing that i try to apply to myself is that i'm not like you're to you know, sit here and, and claim to be an expert. I'm just here, somebody who is trying to learn and understand more about the different needs of the community and the you know and, and within. It. I think conversation is really critical, but obviously it's a complex complex issue in that regards. And at, at the end of the day, like you know, it's it should be about games. Like at the end of the day, like what we the space that we all get to live in and play in is something that's going to be ultimately fun. And yes, when those things come up, my personal philosophy is that we shouldn't ignore them because i think when you ignore something it ends up just kind of becoming a bigger problem or bigger monster in the closet than than you were and then it you know and then it can overtake and become something massive so that's typically from life experience like no no own up to it let's talk about it let's figure it out find a way forward as opposed to just like oh if we don't talk about it like yeah that's just my philosophy and then yeah like i think one of the things that's really uh what i'm loving seeing within the community is so many collaborations like ways of that everybody can get together. We can kind of discuss our ideas and represent that from a leadership perspective, because regardless of what I believe of the role of content creators is that there are people who express that we are community leaders. D you're a community leader. We're work to games, community leader, Mr. Happy's a community leader. And that in and of itself, that mantle, you know, needs to be like respected. And that comes down to, um, you know, making sure that we have that understanding and we, we have those conversations. And we set that example. We set a tone that hopefully mm -hmm. people can, you know, whether they choose to or not, because you can't control anybody. Like uh, at the end of that's one of the best lessons in life. Like I have no control of anybody and how they act. I can only control how I act, how I respond to a situation. And hopefully I respond well. And that's my goal. Anyway, uh, D-Nug, where can people find you? Do you have any final thoughts that you want to share before we wrap up today's show? First of all, thank you for having me. I appreciate you. You've been like giants in this directory. I have a mad amount of respect for all of you um you can find me i'm dnug life on twitch we do a bit of everything on there so we do like i've just had ultimate rating if anyone wants to peep in to see what that's like but we do all sorts like leveling i'm trying to learn new jobs trying to do my relic weapons all the good stuffs so dnug life everywhere twitch twitter youtube i have an instagram but like i feel like i have an instagram for the sake of having instagram but it's just there <laughs> i think we have one too i just i, I don't i don't <laughs> think i'm putting much on it hey chris man what's going on with you any final thoughts anything you want to share no, it's good to be back. I just took um, just took two weeks off. It was my first two weeks off. This was my first really time off uh, to take a break since going full time this year. So we've been five years at Work to Game uh, between Ginger Prime Gaming kind of and Work to Game. We've crossed over three thousand posts sometime in the last couple of weeks. Um, and so you know, thank you guys for supporting that journey. And uh, we've definitely had bad posts in the mix and wrong <laughs> takes in the mix. I can assure you, they're in there. Um, and so I'm just. Looking forward to when I look back on how far we've come and, and how confused we were when we started. Um, it's definitely a reminder of how far we have to go and uh, that more content creators would be better. Yeah. So if you're thinking about getting started, the 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 right time 
was uh 10 years ago and the next right best right time is night right, right now start now get going you know have fun with it and if we can help let us know uh chat right now before we sign off is really freaking out the fact that chris does not capitalize uh, his name he never does it drives me nuts but i just i i've learned to live with it i've learned to accept chris for his flaws That's an absolute tool <laughs> <laughs> the uh, condescending tool <laughs> oh I, I just ad-libbed that bit that i like absolute that like that's another heart, level absolutely. yeah that's 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 right from the heart d that's how he actually feels that's how he actually feels oh guys i gotta go do this podcast with these tools (laughs) all right guys be sure to follow dnug live over on uh on his uh twitter on his instagram on his twitch uh all the links are in the description of this video uh will also be a part of the audio mp3 which you guys if you haven't you can already subscribe and get the mp3s and if you do if you subscribe everywhere where podcasts are found uh, and give us a rating. I've actually been enjoying going back and, re- and reading kind of y'all's reviews and your ratings. And so I'm not going to ask for a five star, but it is there. It is an option that you can uh, select. It's very easy to do so. Uh, helps us with the uh, with the rankings and stuff like that for the podcast. So be sure to check out the MP3 if you're interested in it. And it comes out day and date because the generous donations of Luke, as well as our generous uh, membership over at uh, uh, Ginger Prime Gaming, in which that uh, I couldn't do this stuff without you guys. So that's going to conclude the podcast. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in uh, with us live. We'll be back next week for even more content. We've got more guests lined up and so much more Final Fantasy Square Enix news to cover here in the future. My name is Brian. This is Crystal Core Radio. Thank you so much for watching. You are awesome, and I hope you have an incredible day. But until then, take care.